Flame rectification, too many techs messed it up. We're going to talk about this on this little micro podcast. I'm also going to give you a tip that I've had to use over the last couple of years on sparkers. You know, the that come from the module that spark to ignite your pilot or your flame. I'm going to give you a tip on those that could help you. This is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. Okay, so before we get into flame rectification, there's something I want to tell you guys about. It's called the Coanda effect. The Coanda effect, and I first learned about this when I talked to John Broughton from Dan Foss about cold rooms or walk-in boxes. And he described it as, let's say you have an evaporator, okay, uh, like a walk-in box refrigeration evaporator. It's mounted at the deck, like the ceiling of the walk-in, and it's blowing air. It's moving air. So because it's at the ceiling, the Coanda effect is basically when the air catches the ceiling and it moves along that ceiling to further its throw. It basically increases the throw of the air because the ceiling is there and it travels across it. Now, I bring this up because I was reading uh, some articles on duct design and one of the things they mentioned was the Coanda effect and how if you have a diffuser at a ceiling, you can actually use the ceiling to your advantage and increase the throw of the air because of that natural Coanda effect that happens. I thought it was pretty cool. I just wanted to throw it at your way so you can be aware of it. And if you want to dive deeper into it, be my guest. All right, so let's do this. First of all, to clear your head, take everything you know about a thermocouple and a thermal pile using gas-fired equipment and put it aside. That information is still good if it's the right information you have. Put it aside because it doesn't pertain to flame rods and flame sensors. It's a totally different animal and too many techs get them confused. All right. I actually had one person on YouTube tell me uh, it's not it's not microamps, it's milliamps. Well, they were getting confused. Okay, and they were adamant and they were trying to basically put me down because I called it microamps. Anyway, let's get into this a little bit. So flame rectification is what is used with a flame sensor. So what is rectification? Rectification is changing an AC signal to a DC signal. That's what rectification is. So think think about how this is going to work. What what is what are we rectifying here? There's obviously a change from AC to DC. Remember this because that's what's going to happen. So there are techs out there that think that the flame itself is generating some sort of signal, but it's not. Think about this. When a flame sensor gets dirty, it still gets super hot. Like if you touch a flame sensor that's dirty, but it's been under a pilot flame for five minutes, you can't touch it because it's hot. So if that's the case, then why doesn't it work? Because it's not the heat that creates this, that creates the signal. It's not the heat that does it. So if you go to an ignition controller, and I can attach a video that proves this, if you think that I'm, I'm batshit crazy, but I'll attach a video that proves this, and, and, and I can attach an article too that goes through flame rectification. All right, now, the ignition controller itself on the flame sensing terminal, if you pull that off, okay, this is something you can do in the field to, to verify this yourself. If you pull that off, make a call for heating, and you take your meter and you put it to volts AC, okay, while it's calling for heating, I can't remember if that voltage is present prior to that. That I'd have to double check myself, but for sure it's present on a call for heat. So 
Take your meter leads, put one on the flame sensing terminal with the wire off, and then one to ground, and you'll read an AC voltage there. And it's usually, from my experience, between 80 to about 130 volts AC. Okay? There's a reason there's a voltage there. Like I said, we're changing, we're rectifying AC to DC. So attach that wire back on. Okay, so what's happening there is we're sending an AC signal down to the flame rod or the flame sensor. Now what happens is when we spark a, a pilot, for instance, that flame is going to create a path to ground. That path to ground is what completes the circuit. Without that flame there, so the flame is essentially acting like a, a jumper wire, okay, essentially. So we're going to send AC voltage down that wire to the flame rod. We have a flame present. Once that flame is present, we're going to complete a, a, a path to ground. Once that path to ground is complete and the ground is proper, okay, if you don't have a proper ground, it's not going to work. So if you ever have problems with a, uh, something igniting and the flame sensor is clean, the ignition module is new and blah, 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 and you can't get it to uh, sustain and go into main fire, that might be because you have a bad ground. So keep that in mind. The ground is super important because it completes the, the circuit. So once, once it moves down through the flame, completes the circuit to ground, we're going to generate a pulsing DC signal read in microamps. Now on your meter... That, that looks like a U, like a small U and a capital A. Now, on some meters, somebody told me, I think it was a field piece meter, somebody had mentioned that they have to change their setting to AC microamps to, to read microamps of a flame sensor, which seems kind of odd because it is a DC signal. But anyway, if you have to put it to that to read it, that's what you got to put it to. But most of the meters out there, they have a dedicated function of UA. Okay, microamps. So the way you read this, it's very easy to read microamps, by the way. So again, you're going to pull the flame sensing wire off the ignition controller. And what you're going to do is you're going to put one of your, your first, you're going to set your meter to microamps. You're going to put one of the leads on the terminal of the ignition module where the flame sensing uh, wire goes. And you're going to put your other lead into the, the stake on Hopefully you've got a stake on there and you can shove it in into that one and go fire up the machine. Now, because your meter's in line and it's set to microamps, we're going to get that flow through your meter. Okay, you're not breaking, you're not breaking it because it's going to go through your meter. Now, once that flame lights, you have that path to ground, you're going to generate that DC microamps and your meter's going to read it once you set it up the way I just explained. In most scenarios, you're going to get between one to four microamps that I've seen. It, it really sometimes depends on the controller as well. The controller may want to see a, a certain number. It may want to see two before it goes into main fire. So you have to look at the controller. Sometimes that information's on the controller. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you might have to do some digging to get it. But it's a good way to determine if your flame sensor is actually... Um, if that path to ground through the flame sensor through the flame to ground is actually giving you the signal you need okay if it is giving you the signal you need and it's not going into main fire then most likely your ignition control is the problem 
okay? But if it's not giving you the signal you need, it actually still could be the controller if you're not getting high enough AC volts. So let's say you, you check it and you're getting like 30 volts AC. This was a problem that came up actually from one of the members in the HVAC Know-It-All app. He was asking, he used a, a universal controller instead of the OEM one and it wouldn't sustain or wouldn't go into main fire. It would, it would snuff out. Now, that could be the fact that he wasn't getting a high enough voltage there to produce the right microamp signal. But in general, generally speaking, if you have the correct signal, okay, and you're, and you're still not proving pilot flame, then your ignition control is probably faulty. If you're not getting the right signal, then chances are your flame sensor is dirty, you don't have a proper ground, or sometimes what can happen too is you can get hairline cracks in that ceramic insulator. And if you get hairline cracks in that cer ceramic insulator, that that signal can kind of be dispersed um, to, to the bracket. I've seen that happen too. So sometimes even the flame sensor is clean, looks good. If there's hairline cracks in that, in that ceramic, it can cause issues, which I've seen in the past. So keep all these things in mind, right? And, and the fact that I brought up that cracked ceramic is, is sort of the tip that I was going to give you on the electrode. So before I give you this tip here, I just wanted to give you a little bit more information here. Now, that one to four microamp signal I was talking about is for residential equipment, is for small commercial applications, mid-sized commercial applications. When you get into the large boilers and the large makeup airs, so on and so forth, that have the burner controls in them, like the Fire Eyes and the Honeywells, you're not really going to be looking for one to four microamps. You're going to be looking for something different, but that's a different conversation. I just wanted to make you aware of it. That's all. So here is this quick tip. So I have bought, last year I went out and bought some sparkers, spark electrodes. Put them in and what was happening is I could hear a very, very faint spark. Very, very faint. So a good way to test a sparker, and you make, gotta make sure that you do this with an insulated tool and even if you have electrical gloves, it would be the safest way. If you take that sparker right out of the burner, you turn the gas off as well, very important. Turn the gas off. And if you hold that sparker with an insulated set of needle nose or, or channel locks or something like that, and you hold it to ground, like say the chassis of the unit or something, when it tries to spark, if you hold it at the right distance, you'll see it sparking. That's a good way to test to make sure that your sparker actually does spark. But what was happening was it when it was installed, it would, it would have a very, very faint spark. Okay, so I took it back out and I held the corner of the bracket to ground this time instead of the rod and the corner of the bracket was sparking to ground what does that tell me well that tells me that ceramic insulator has got a hairline crack or or it's not a, it's not insulating well okay it's either got a crack somewhere or that ceramic is really not doing a good job insulating and that 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 spark is actually moving through into the bracket so what happens when the bracket is mounted against the uh, like the the sparker bracket is mounted in the unit on on the bracket that it mounts to. Well, that spark is going to dissipate across that whole bracket rather than spark where it's supposed to. So what I had to do there is I took some electrical tape and I wrapped that bracket up and <clears throat> I fastened it back on and it was fine. 
So that tape basically insulated the, um, the, the sparker bracket from the burner bracket so it couldn't dissipate across it. And that fixed it. And this was a brand new sparker. And I actually went out and, and got another one. Um, I actually went out and got another sparker because I'm like, it must be a bad sparker. When I went out and got another one, the same thing happened. And I remember posting this back in the day, and I'm pretty sure that somebody attacked me for doing this, calling me a hack, saying, oh yeah, hack, why don't you just go out and get a new one instead of doing that? Well, I did get a new one. So there must be a bad batch or something. There must have been a bad batch. So I had to do that to get the machine up and running. And that was last winter, probably around this time. And guess what? That unit's still running and that tape is still intact. So just something to think about. You got to think outside of the box sometimes, guys. Not everything is absolute. Not everything is is cut and clear. You can't have blinders on. Okay, you got to think outside the box and think, you got to think critically. When you think critically, you can come up with ideas and, and ways around things most of the time anyway. So I just want to give you that tip, but guys, I'm out. This was another sponsor-free podcast just trying to try to do that once in a while for you guys so you don't have to listen to the ads even though I know you love them anyway guys I'm out happy HVACing